What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together learn more about the all-new hyundai santa fe at hyundaiusa.com what's poppin'? real ones logan murdoch here with raja belt raja you got your yellow uh, sweater on you seem like you're happy it's green what's going bro. on it's green dude get your get your like contrast together it's fucking green man it's green i'm sorry it's green all right was that is that the is that an ode to your one game with the warriors playing in boston is that what it is is that is that what we're doing this week or is it just because it's fall in florida right now how what's what's going what's what's the vibe right now it's because after i had my coffee and i walked into my closet it was the first thing i saw so it got thrown on real quick that's that's what it is that's the thought that went into this you know what's crazy is like you know obviously me and you are there's a difference in age there, right? There's definitely a difference in age, difference in age and life experience. But I would like to tell you that I'm getting to the age now where I'm like that with sweaters. Is it washed, right? Does it? It doesn't really matter if it goes with the fit. Is it washed right now? Is yes. it the first thing I see? Is it borderline cool enough to look be outside? Will you be cool going outside with? Is it borderline acceptable? That's all it is. I don't care if there's rips in it. Is it borderline acceptable to go outside? And if that's the case, then I'm going to wear it. It's fascinating uh, because I was very, I, I mean, my vanity level um, at your age was off the charts. I mean, mm. you know, shit had to be pristine, bro. Like we were spending way too much time worrying about where the wrinklage was and if it went with this and that. And I don't know at what point life kind of passed me by and I just woke up one morning and I was like, yeah, just give me that, bro. I just... Give me that. I'll wear these flip-flops. I have ashy knuckles on my toe. I got basketball player feet. Mm, you know what I yeah. was like? We're like just beat up beyond belief. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm in the grocery store with the toes out. I don't know yeah. when that happened. I would have never done that 10 years ago. Yeah. Wouldn't, But it's just what it is. 
I got the uh, I got the football wearing a broke broke football player wearing a size too small feet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah. about. I have that, but I don't care. You know what? What is good with that? Crocs. You just wear Crocs, bro. I just wear those oh. around. And th- you have you ever got them in the Croc way? My kids, but. I can't do Crocs, bro. I'm straight. I'm straight old school, like chancletas. You know, I don't. I can't do the Crocs. See, I'm, it's crazy because it's like we're in the same vibe, but just different parts of the country. Like I'm in California, where that's kind of acceptable and things like that little new age thing. But you also are in the Florida, where it's like, yo, bro, we're gonna wear our, we're gonna wear our. Not even slides. What's the one with the toe with the one within the flip middle flops. of the, the We're flip flops? Exactly. Flip flops all day. That's what all I'm rocking day. right now. Flip flops. Toes my, out no matter what. My young bucks are in the Crocs though. Like they find themselves. So they're at an interesting age because they went from okay. up until about 11, up until about 11. It did not matter how many clothes you bought them. Whatever was clean and on the top of their drawer, like that's what was going on. It could be the same shit. Like, 12 days in a row. But if it was the first thing they saw, they were putting it on. So these little dudes are at ages now where they want, they're getting into their vibe a little bit, right? Like it's, it's yeah. they're putting it together and and trying to keep up with the stuff. So they're they're actually getting into the, the area of life where I just departed from. It's funny where you, when you're a kid and we're just really in the weeds right now and I don't really care. Um, <laughs> when we, It's funny how you get as a child when you're like, yo, I don't care because my parents are just going to dress me. Like they're going to dress me and in hindsight, they're going to dress me just enough so I can get like outside and I can be acceptable outside. And then you start taking ownership of what you wear and your clothes and stuff like that. And you start being swaggy, right? Especially when you get into the teenage, probably like an eight-year window when you get from the teenage era oh, yeah. into college where you're just like really into it, right? And then you get a job and then like you have like bills and stuff and you can't justify like buying all the clothes that you want to buy. And then you're going back to like serve like a serviceable couple of outfits. And then the rest is like, yo, I got novelty tees and like shorts and I really don't give a fuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the evolution of life, ladies and gentlemen. There it is, broken right? down. It broke it down am in the I first right? ten minutes of real ones. Yes. There we go, man. There we go. Okay. We're, can we're, I, so let's. Can I give you? Up? Can I give go you a ahead. little rant? Let me just give you a little rant. Go ahead, Ron. Hopefully, it ties in. Like this might. This isn't NBA centric, um, as as I ran about it, but it could wind up being that way. My, a pet peeve of mine. All right, I deal with it a lot. I have four kids, three of them playing competitive sports. Coaches that yell at kids without preparing them. Um, so what I mean is like yelling at a kid in and of itself uh, does not make me squeamish at all. I yell at a kid. I don't have a problem yelling at a kid. Not, not even an issue for me, right? Yeah. It's what you're yelling at them for. And have you prepared them to, for them to be culpable to get yelled at, right? So like if you haven't taught the kid what you're asking him to do on a basketball court or a football field, not told him, Telling him to do something and teaching him to do it or her are two completely different things. Yeah. So if you haven't taught them to do it, like don't be yelling and screaming at them because you're embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a real pet peeve of mine. I sit there and I kind of let you know. I'm I'm Is trying that what to be going through this weekend. Yeah, a little bit. And I, I was cool. Like, you know, like I've been there. I've coached. I'm not saying it's the easiest gig in the world, but it is a pet peeve of mine because it doesn't just happen like to my kids or your kids. That happens on a lot of levels. You just take for granted that people are great coaches and sometimes they're not, right? Um, yeah. Coaches are teachers. And it, it really, you know, you're like, yeah, God damn, bro, that's tough, man. You're yelling at that kid. You did not prepare him to do what you're asking him to do. And then you flipped out on him. Yeah. You know, what's crazy when I realized is like, you know, when you're in Pop Warner and when you're in basketball, you think that these people that are coaching you are like older and wiser and all these things. Not to say that they aren't, but in hindsight, they're like 
23-24 trying to figure it out <laughs> yeah. as assistant coaches. First coaching no, gig. First coaching gig ever, and they're really just trying to help out, right? right. So they don't know exactly. But I do agree with you. I do not like non-purposeful critiques, right? What are you trying to accomplish with your critiques? Are you trying to tell me what I did wrong? Are you trying to tell me, are you trying to show me up? Because that's what goes in the mind of not just a kid, but a player in general. Like, are you yelling at me because you told me this 17 times in like 18 different ways and I still didn't get it? And you're like, dude, I literally laid this out for you. We don't have time right now. And I'm giving you all that I got. Or is it that you feel embarrassed and you're like, I should have probably coached him up a bit more and I didn't. And now I'm yelling at this kid. There's, it's it's funny. It goes from there to also like the even the NBA ranks that happens. Just a baseline level of respect. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And you could typically, I mean, you as a kid would know if you've been prepped. As a parent, if you're in enough practices, you'll definitely know because what you're yelling at him, like if if that kid's been in, like let's use my son for instance. If you've taught my son how to keep outside leverage as a cornerback, keep the ball and make it go back inside and then come back into the play and make a tackle and he doesn't do that, and I have watched him do drills every night to support that, well, I'm going to yell at his ass too. Because that's what he's supposed to do. But if you've never, ever done a drill to do that or or taught him to do it, and now you're yelling at him, like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know that he's supposed to be yelled at for that. So anyway, <laughs> it's it's definitely Monday, October 4th right now. We are in a bag. <laughs> you're talking about outside shades. You're right. talking about you're talking about the, the, the tackle pulling from the other side. You're talking, you're really in a bag right now. Um, you talked about coaching. And uh, it's a great segue to where I was yesterday and just okay. talking about my week. Guess who I saw yesterday? Uh, uh, who played Brooklyn and the Lakers? Uh, Steven Nash, David Vanderpool. I saw Steve Nash briefly yesterday. Not enough. I didn't. We were both had the mask on at Staples Center, right? And I just was like, I didn't know if it was him. But also, you know, when you have to do this, the sneaky like looking to see if that's the person, and then like, hey, are you such and such? He was in an office. The door was open, but I didn't want to like. I, I didn't want to say yeah, anything. Yeah, so yeah, Steve Nash, if you're listening, what's up? That was me in the um in the, in the, in the gray shirt. But uh, but I saw. One Amari Stoudemire. Oh, Israel! Um, I saw I saw Israel at the uh, uh, during the pregame festivities. Um, was I saw him and Phil Handy? Phil Handy actually introduced me to Amari, who I because you know Phil Handy, Oakland dude, had to tap in with Phil Handy. Phil was That's like, "Hey, guy. do you know Amari?" I'm like, "I I I didn't." I'm so blind. I didn't know it was Amari because I was across when I was looking for Phil. So I see Phil. He's like, "Hey, is there Amari?" I was like, "Yo, Amari, what's up, man? What am I gonna say?" Yo, I know Raja from the pod. We're going to, we've been trying to get you on the pod. He was like, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Raja, I believe coaches my kids at American Heritage oh, in Miami. Word. Yes. Is that what it yes. is? Yes. yes. He was young like, Deuce, yeah. Young he Deuce was, is in the program. Yeah. He said, he said, yeah, man, Raja coaches my kid at American Heritage down in Miami and like assumed that I was out of Florida. I'm like, no, I'm out in the Bay. Woo, woo, woo. And then I'm like, yo, man, we got to get you on the pod. What's up? He was like, yo, man, I'm down. Tap in. Like, have Rod tap in with me. Let's get it. So, uh, there we go. Friend of the show, Amari Stoudemire. Is you got to tap in with him, Raja, is all I, I'm I, saying. I, I will definitely tap in with Damari. Um, I, so, I don't know if you follow Steve Nash's Instagram, but Amari this weekend. So, first of all, you know, we joke a lot about, like, 
me being on the Brooklyn staff and how fun that would be and stuff like that. You are definitely staff adjacent, and I think you're okay with that. Let me just say, though, never have I been more jelly than I was this week watching all of their Instagrams. Because now, not only do they have Steve, but they got Amari, who I'm good friends with, and they got my man David Vanterpool, who I've known longer than all of those dudes. So, like, and Adam Harrington, um, who I've known since I played with Dallas. And on their Instagrams, like, I... I see Adam Harrington and David Vanderpool out there playing. Uh, what is what's the what's the course out there in San Diego, man? Is it uh, Pinehurst uh, or, or uh, no, no, one no, of those? No, no, no. Tory Pines. Tory Pines. They're out there yes. shooting one fifteens and shit. Um, Amari on Steve's Instagram is surfing baby eighteen inch waves and shit. Like I was really. There was a point this a weekend promo. where I was like, "This is some bullshit." You were also like. Logan, I'm coming to the West Coast right now. I already booked my flight. I am coming to the West Coast right now. <laughs> they look like they're having a blast. Yes, I, I was. Yeah, no. In see, my feelings. Also, like the the we've talked about what's going on with Brooklyn, you know, to a T. Yo, they looked very laid back over there. They looked like they had a great time, and they spent lo- most of the last week in San Diego. Had their like game um, against the Lakers yesterday, a little preseason game. I think only Harden played. Um, they were just all vibes, man. It looked like they were having a great time. It was a great vibe. Um, and so, yeah, man, friend of the show, uh, um, Amari Stoudemire says, tap in with him. And so Stat. that transitions into, I just, I'm doing like a California tour of just places. Yeah. I went to, uh, last week I was at a Warriors media day. Um, and, uh, it was, we, I got to see everybody, I got to see Steve, Steve Kerr. Um, got to see uh, Bob Myers was also there. Got to see Juan Toscano Anderson in the flesh. He was okay. Um, he had his he he. You're going to be proud of him on this. He did what you told him to do. And when we had him on the pod, he had a Kodak camera, a disposable Kodak camera, was taking pictures of everything. Oh, he was taking awesome. selfies with everybody. Was like, yo, I don't want to miss this moment, and was like, I'm I'm capturing this moment, and had his little disposable camera with him throughout the whole time. So he had a great time. So saw Juan. Um, and uh, it was it was it was a nice little vibe there. It was nice, man. They had the uh, they had all the pressers at what they call the Sky Bar at Chase Center, where you can see like the presser behind the person that's uh, behind him. You can see like views of the Go- of the Bay Bridge, the whole Bay Area, Oakland. It was great. It was great. You got to come up to Chase Center, Roger. But I saw one Steph Curry, who um, told me who apparently is a. Um, is an occasional listener of the real ones. Occasional oh. listener of the real ones. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Was saying, what, what up, yeah. <laughs> What's happening, player? <laughs> so he goes and he he talks about, yeah, man, Raja. He wasn't around much, but he was when he was around. He was a really great vet, really great vet. Oh, so oh. so he 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 had some kind words to say about you. One Steph Curry said that you know you're a great vet during your your very abbreviated time in the Bay. I've said this before about Steph. Um, fantastic family, dude. Yeah. Like, just comes from good stuff. Like, he's a he's a great dude too. But you know, I, I when I played in Charlotte, his dad was doing the the broadcast. Like, Dell was on the yeah. broadcast and stuff. And so he was he was getting it off. I I think that first year he was still at Davidson, and I would you know ask pops about him, and nobody knew where he was going to get drafted or what, you know. And then he obviously did what he did in the draft and came into the league, and I would keep up with him. Dude, Pops, um, just a great dude, man. And that was a real cool team, Logan, because it was a bunch. I've referenced that team before and how young they were and who was on that team. And I really felt like if the circumstances had been different, um, 
I could have I I could have been more to them. Do you know what I mean? Not that I was going to yeah. be a great player or anything, but uh, I just I couldn't be with them a lot because I was injured, and then they needed the roster spot and stuff like that. But I also remember that time kind of fondly, man. I had a good time out in the Bay Area. Piedmont yeah, no, represent. Please, I represent Piedmont. Represent. I mm-hmm. I don't even feel good about saying that. There's going to probably be a lot of <laughs> listeners that disown me on that one. I didn't really mean that, guys. I didn't really mean that. Um, but it was great, man. I think. Uh, I don't know, man. What do you think about the Warriors right now? Do you think that they're going to be? What do you think they're going to be right now? They're just they're whenever the big talk around media day was like, yo, oh, that's who I need to talk to you about. There's this big thing about about um, you know the Warriors and um, you know when Clay comes back, what they're going to be and things like this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. All you real ones out there and Raja here, Sasha Mack on the boards. Let me tell you something. Clay Thompson is locked the fuck in right now. He is locked in in a way that I have never seen him before to where we went into the um we went into the media room. Uh the, the uh we went into the uh Warriors like practice like after practice and things like that, right? And um he's afterwards he's talking about Y'all don't want it like me as he's doing his his, his, his post practice um shooting drills. And he's just psyching himself out. He's like, y'all don't want it like me. I'm, I bleed this and I, I want this. I want this. And y'all don't want it like me. I, this is my, it's not just basketball to me. It's not just basketball to me. And he's walking, he's taking jumpers, he's ready to roll. He's walking to the other side of the court where Draymond Green is shooting like, like uh, you know, like the, the free throws that you do after practice. You're just getting sure. your shots up. He's talking to to, to uh, Draymond Green, and it's like, they don't want – it ain't just basketball, Dre. It ain't just basketball. And then running full speed to the other side, shooting jumpers and, get, and just cashing them all out. He's shooting the way where, you know, not even following through. He's just shooting it and just, like, letting his hands go. Like, Clay was in a real focused bag on here, and he can't – he can't – um. Can't scrimmage just yet. He's doing live work, but can't scrimmage yet. So he's chomping at the bit. He has his headband on and his wristband on. <laughs> I don't know what the Warriors are going to be. I don't even think that they're title contenders by any stretch. But Clay was locked in, and it was good to see Clay locked in that way. Hearing that information, how do you feel hearing that secondhand? So it makes me kind of warm and fuzzy inside because he sounds a lot like me in terms of mindset. Like, he sounds borderline crazy, which I like. I like that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'd be really, really happy for him if he could come back and and be a very high percentage of himself because those are two pretty nasty injuries that he sustained. So that's good. It makes me happy to hear that. Um, what do I think about the Warriors? I, I think a few things. Number one, you have Steph Curry. And I'll throw Draymond in there. Like you have, when those two get together, they know how to play with each other. It's, it's like choreographed kind of dance, man. Like they just get it. Uh, and you have Steve Kerr, who's not, not unwilling to flip the script, roll the dice on something new, kind of reinvent yourself on the fly. You saw the way they played last year when, when they were without the pieces, right? So, you know, when you start with pieces like that in a coach, that's very willing to kind of, you know, tinker and move things around. I think you have a shot. If Clay Thompson um, is 85 percent of himself, 90% of himself. I think they could be dangerous. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, 
It is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Now, the the one thing that I can't put my finger on, and you might have a better feel f- for it than I do, is what James Wiseman looks like right now. Like, what? Where is he on his evolution to being a contributor on a championship level team? Do you don't have to be not a world leader? No, no, no that's a good question. Me. I do have some. I do have some insight. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm saying not not a, not a not a Hall of Famer. Not not reaching his potential as as a as a high pick like that. I'm just talking about, can he be a solid contributor that you can count on um, in a championship run? And if those things align, I would not count Golden State out. They wouldn't be a favorite of mine, but I would put them in the mix to be, you don't want to see them. I promise you that. Yeah. I don't know where Wiseman is right now um, in terms of how he can contribute to a team right now because he hasn't played any games. Right. But what I will say is, you know, I, I talked to him, um, this summer for a story I'm doing that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. I'll be on the, I'll be on the, on the, on the lookout for that. Um, and so I um, was talking to him, and like you really see that he wants this, bro. Like he really wants this um, this season to work out. He really was. You could tell that he was kind of affected by um, you know last year with the injuries with. Uh, I think he caught COVID and then also other rookies playing better than he did, right? You know, the the Anthony Edwards of the world, the Lamella Balls of the world, who got a lot of acclaim after their first year and they're already writing this dude off. And so I saw that I listened, I heard that on a we had a phone call about I think about a month ago, and then um also seeing him up close at practice, even like the post-practice stuff where he's taking every drill very seriously in the way that like Sometimes you just want to tell him to relax. Like if you miss a shot, it's not the end of the world, right? But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, if he misses a shot, fuck, right? Or something like that or things like that to where you're just like, you know he wants this. You just want to tell him just to settle down and just, yo, it's going to let the game come to you. But he's like, yo, man, I need it this year. And so there's a lot of fire under James Wiseman. You can see. I just want, I just, if I was a coach, I'd want him to channel like, okay. Yeah. It's okay. You got this. Just relax. Yeah, yeah. No, because I was gonna say you got to harness that. That could be a that's 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 a dangerous area. I've lived in that area where there's so much riding on it in your mind that when it goes well, it's great and it fuels you. And if it goes bad, you've just built up so much unneeded pressure. Like yeah, that that it, it really is counterproductive. So, but I think Steve Kerr is great um, for that and their style. And I want to go back to something because you talked about. Nash and those guys, just real quick. I'm just going to sidebar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The type of camp that it looked like, like you said, they looked like it was all vibes. Um, mm-hmm. Golden State's a lot like that. When I played, you know, I, I was in a lot of different type of camps. Like Jerry Sloan's camps were two hours in the morning, um, physical, like banging, almost fighting each other. Kicked. Yeah, like fighting. And then, you know, you go back to the hotel, you grab, you grab a lunch, um, you take a nap. And then you're back in the gym for two and a half hours at night where you're scrimmaging, Mm -hmm. getting up and down. And you did that for seven days. So like you'd leave there and you'd be 
I mean, shit, you're mostly injured because of the, you know, the grueling nature of the practice. Larry Brown's were a little bit like that. And then I were in other camps, you know, obviously Mike D'Antoni, we go to University of Arizona and Don, Don Nelson's camps were, weren't like that. And so I always felt like the more laid back we get to work while we're on the court, we work hard. But once we're off the court, like your bodies are at a point where you can still go out and have dinners together and hang out and maybe, you know, do some team building type of things. I felt those camps were the more productive camps at the end of the day. Yeah. I think uh, from what I see from the Warriors camp and what I've known about Steve and how he runs it, uh, Steve Kerr and how he runs it is um, a lot of hard work at the end of practice, which means like post-practice stuff. You see Steph on the far court really getting his reps in, really just like, I'm going to go hard on every rep for my post-practice shooting drills, right? Because you're, and then you see Clay going really hard on his post-practice because while the practices aren't necessarily, they're not Miami heat level, they'll get their scrimmages in and things like that. But that might be the, might be the hardest thing because this is a veteran led group, right? There you got, you know, Steph is in his thirties, Stray's in his thirties. You can't really run these guys that hard as, as and you got Andre Guadala, who's like in his what, 18, 19 season. You can't really run these guys, but they are getting their work in. So that's when I think that's why you see Wiseman and you see Dre or you see Wiseman and you see Clay going really hard and Wiseman being just so hard on himself because this is where he proves himself. Right. And this is where he thinks he's going to make a mark. Whereas it's like, no, we've seen the stuff that you can do. You don't have to be the finished product version of yourself just yet. You just got to be a contributor right now. Who's his guy on that staff? Everybody has a guy, especially young players. They have a guy. They got the the coach that's working with um, with Wiseman. He's an addition from um, he's an assistant coach in a Serbian league and helped coach um, Nikola Jokic. Um, okay, and so they're tasking him with trying to get a more European game because Steve Kerr said that European bigs are just way more developed than American bigs going out. So he wants to sh- wants to a, a European uh, coach to work with Wiseman and his skill set. I like the thought process there. Um, so you talk about James Wiseman. I asked about whether he was going to be ready or not. You talked about how locked in he is. We got to a point where you got to channel that, right? Where, yeah. you know, take it too far one side, it's great. Take it too far the other side, it's not great. Like we need to be right in the middle. Um, <clears throat> pure. So most teams, and you know this, especially if young players, like as you become an older player, you're cool with every coach. Most of them, right? They're your guys. But when you're young, um, you usually have a guy that looks out for you and takes you under under their wing. I would imagine Jaron was that guy for James. So Jaron Collins. Jaron Collins, right? Great, great teammate, great coach, great family. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if if this if this coach, like being new and all to the NBA, maybe they're even being some sort of a language barrier. I don't know if he can be that because that's as important as the on court stuff. I mean, I had, you know. My and I can only really talk from my experiences. So when I was in Philly, you know, I was I was young, I was kind of lost. I mean, I was drifting. Mike Woodson, you remember he became coach, like he coached the Knicks, he the coached Knicks. the 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 Hawks. Like Mike Woodson, Woody was my guy, bro. Woodo played me one on one every day. Woodo, like you know, taught me ropes, gave me suits, like really looked out for me, talked to me about you know what it was was to be a pro. Just you know, real shaping conversations um, that help keep me grounded and really real talk help 
keep me out of the stupid shit that you could easily fall into. And I'm not saying I didn't still fall into some, but that's important just to keep your head about you, right? Like just to keep, keep in your ear when things aren't going great. Head coaches don't always have the time for that. Steve Kerr might have a time for Steph. He might not have a time for James. I can't, I don't know, but that's when that guy comes into play. Yep. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. And, um, people don't, I think we, especially over the last, you know, for a few years, we have, I think in a lot of ways made these players numbers, you know, when you talk about what's his, whatever his PER, whatever his his rim. I don't know what, what everything we've made these players by and large numbers. And I think that we've kind of lost sight of the fact sometimes that, Hey man, these people are people too. And the reason why their numbers would be lagging is because something on the mental side. Right. And I think we're starting to see what you say is very valid because, Oh man, when you're 19, 20 years old, you're staying on the West coast. I think, I think uh Wiseman's mom lives with him, but I think, but if you're a world away from Nashville, where you're from, you're in this new place, you got to have a community around you. And yeah, the on-court stuff is cool, but you got to have somebody that's like, yo, if I have a bad game, he's going to tell me like, you know, you're good. You're all right. You're, you made, you fucked up here, but these are the, the things you can improve. And these are the things I see in you. Absolutely. Right? You need that. And I, for Wiseman, I hope he gets that, you know, because it seems like, um, you know, that might be something that a lot of the other rookies that we reference got, right? We talk about LaMelo Ball, we talk about uh, Anthony Edwards. And I'm not saying that uh, James didn't get that, but, you know, it's just, it's easier to do that when, you know, you're in another situation where like, yo, it's not that many expectations. It's not that, it's not, you're not trying to strive for a title, you know? And, um, you know, I hope that Wiseman gets that. So, Yeah. No, they're they're that's a that's a really good point. The level of responsibility on James Wiseman, um, and this is going to sound counterintuitive because you're going to say, well, Anthony Edwards and Lamelo have to do so much scoring and all of that. Yes, they do, but they're not winning anything. You have a responsibility if you're James Wiseman. Like that team is in championship mode, and you're playing with Hall of Famers, and so while not asked to do maybe as much in terms of what shows up on a stat sheet every night, there is a huge responsibility and amount of pressure on you to get that right. I've been that dude looking over yeah. at, looking, looking over at, um, um, Allen Iverson and Dikembe Mutombo. Like I'm really trying, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, I hope this is good enough. Like, you know, like that's a, that's yeah, a man. lot of pressure. I'm only going to shoot it once or twice, but you know, I got a lot of other things I got to get right. And if I don't, you know, I don't want to be the reason. That's a whole nother level of pressure. No, it's funny because I felt that way even like personally yeah, coming to the ringer, you know, where you're like, yo, I, I'm young. This is somewhere I've always wanted to be. But damn, like, yo, I got to host a pod. I got to write these things. I got to figure it out. I don't really like you don't you don't know until you know. And this is where you want to be. Um, but with Wiseman, it's it's it is interesting because he's a guy that like, Yo, man, he might get maligned for averaging eight points a game, but that might be like something that they absolutely need. Like eight, give me eight and ten, dude. Yes. Like it's fine. And I think the perfect case study for him right now is a is Kawhi Leonard. You know, where this is a guy that has Hall of Famers. Um, you know, Steve Steve Kerr always talks about Steph Curry being the Tim Duncan of the era right now in terms of just being a teammate, right? You have that type of guy on your team 
And you have like different guys like a Draymond, a Clay, where listen, you there's a standard that needs to be set. We don't need you to score 20 a game, but when it's your time, when you know we're all old and things like that, that's what you do. And I think there's this talk that you can't do both simultaneously. Where you can't win and develop? Yes, you can. The Spurs have done it. The Spurs have literally done it in front of our eyes. They just didn't. They weren't as popular as the Warriors, but it can be done. It can definitely be done. And I would just say the roots of of a lot of what Golden State does and who Steve Kerr and, and company are. It's probably uh, like it, based in the in the in the San Antonio mold to some degree. Yeah. You have to have real organizational structure, stability, um, player development. That's why every NBA, you think every NBA team is run great? They're not. No. Like, they're not. Even some of your favorite and some of the best NBA teams that you like are not run they're not. worth a damn. They've got great <laughs> players, and they can overcome some of the things that are that aren't great in the organization. But that's what it takes to achieve what you're talking about. And, and I do think they could potentially do it, you know? Yeah, it's funny, because you were talking about the Brooklyn Nets, like, and how their vibes or stuff are are permeating to the point where you have FOMO. Honestly, man, that's a Golden State influence too. I mean, it is a Phoenix influence, but Steve Nash was a consultant with the Warriors. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, so like, and, and you know, Steve Kerr was a, was obviously with the Suns and things like that. It's funny how good organizations are all in, interconnected. Like when you were with the Suns, it was a model way to run a, run a basketball team at least, right? Yeah, it was, that was that a Colangelo's. Was yeah. Right. And so it's it's just it's interesting because and that was why we asked Steve I asked Steve Kerr, like, how do you make sure that James has the blinders on? Because it's all, not always a greener. We never we don't know what type of organization Charlotte will be when they have a great player like LaMelo. Right. We don't know. We, well, we do know what's going on in Minnesota right now with with Anthony Edwards. It's a lot of turmoil there. So, you know. Situations are situations. They're all different. But Wiseman has an opportunity to be really good still, even after one year. So I think that, you know, it was a good it was a good trip to Golden State to see what they got going over there. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break. I want to talk to Raja about something near and dear to this podcast heart. That's player empowerment. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. And we are back. Um, Here to talk about player empowerment and also, you know, How's that manifesting in this season to start? Uh, let's talk about Ben Simmons first. Now, 
Last week we talked um, right before media day. It was tricky. It was on media day day, but it was like before all the pressers and stuff came out and people talked and things like that. So um, Ben Simmons. Now, media day last week, Doc Rivers talks about Ben Simmons and walks back his comments about, I don't know if he can be a championship um, point guard for our team. And he says, you know, heat of the moment, man. We're out of, you know, we're, <laughs> it was after a postseason game. Da, 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 da. Now, they, they have done the apology, like the weird apology tour to like, I guess, get back leverage, putting uh, Doc Rivers on like Stephen A. Smith's show and like just really trying to walk back these comments. It's weird. It's just weird what they're doing right now. And they're trying to like get in front of what they said backwards to like, I guess bring Ben Simmons back into the fold while also not you know what, you keeping know, their leverage. I, I don't you know, know what, what they're it, doing right now. You know when would have been a good time to do that? When's that, Roger? Right after you fucking said it. It would have been a good yeah. time for your PR staff to catch that the next day and be like, eh, you know how hey, that Doc, sounds. We need to get you on this. We need to get yes. you on this local radio show real quick. It's sir. too late, bro. Yeah. And I don't know if they want to keep him necessarily or they're trying to win the PR battle because honestly I think the best um the best way of doing this is just saying yeah Ben we fucking said it dude okay are you going to come to camp or you're not going to come to camp don't straddle the line on this set just put your put your just put your teeth in the sand and this is another thing man this is something that I'm just getting really annoyed with right now I'm really getting annoyed with both this is both players and teams in general where they're like yo we love you and everything and then the next day something leaks out from their from either camp to like yeah this this relationship is untenable this relationship is this this is like yo just say that i i remember reading articles from the 80s and the 90s and even the early 2000s where Honestly, Roger, your arrow just didn't give a fuck. You guys were like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get traded, sir. I don't want it to be here. This is untenable. I, this is, we need to make a deal happen. I don't like this, right? Let's make this work. And right now, it's just a lot of backdoor, a lot of petty, a lot of like subliminal stuff. Yo, we're going to take Ben Simmons's bread. We're going to take $8 million out of his pocket if he doesn't report. Um, Stuff coming out in the athletics saying, you know, it's it's at the last straw. It's like, dude, trade him or don't. Okay. The leverage thing has already happened. We already got the leverage play of that you got what you guys are asking. Either you're gonna make a deal or you're not, man. Like, you need to come up with with this. You need to I think this needs to just end. It's run its course. The season is about to start. What are we doing here? Raja, are you agreeing with me or what, where am I at yeah, with this? Am I I'm, off I've base? Been, yes. No, no, no. I'm with you. Now, I, what I will say is someone's feet appear to be planted firmly in the sand. I think that's Ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons has not wavered at all. And, yeah. you know, I know they try to draw the comparison to like, to, to, to Aaron Rodgers and what was going on with the Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers was doing a lot of talking during the summer. Yeah. He was. There was a lot of stuff coming out from Aaron. He even did, you know, um, you know, different interviews and stuff in regards to it, kind of giving them like his subliminal demands of, uh, you know, yeah. what, what could make this work, giving you some indication that maybe, just maybe, we'd be able to mend these fences. Ben Simmons has done nothing of the sort. Yeah. Like, he's just said, I'm not ben playing. Ben Simmons is chilling. 
He's chilling. He's not doing any press. He's not answering any questions about it. He's just said, I'm not coming. And I won't play for the Sixers again. Now, I, I'm not in Ben Simmons' camp, so I don't, I don't know if he's just playing a really good game of hardball or if he really believes that. But what I, from the Sixers' perspective, um, yes, you want the man back. I get it. But I would make the argument at this point that if he's not there this year and he doesn't make his money, um, I don't see how that really helps you. As a team, as in Simmons, at, at or the, helps, Sixer, is, the Sixers, yeah, Sixers, okay, right? Like, yeah, you're gonna spite him. You're gonna cut off your nose to spite your face, so to speak. I got it. Now, I'm not Darren Moore. I get it, bro. You, 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 you ain't afraid. You, I, I understand. But if you bring him back this year, I don't think you get a great version of Ben Simmons. If for some reason you guys can fix that and get him in the building and he doesn't want to lose all of this money and so he reports just so he doesn't have to lose the money, I I think that's a bad thing to have around your organization right now. Uh, Full disclosure, I don't know what teams are offering for Ben Simmons. Like, I wouldn't be in the habit of giving him away for a bag of chips either. So, you know, that plays into it as well. But if there's a deal that's palatable, and you're going to get some stuff that can really supplement Ben Simmons and Tobias. I'm mean, not Ben Simmons. I'm sorry, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and and some of the pieces you have. I think you do that because this is going to be a mess. Whether he's staying away all year and people are answering questions and there's this massive hole in your lineup, or if he comes back and is like a shell of himself and doesn't want to be there and doesn't get along with his teammates. Either way, it's a shit show. What you don't want is what we saw last year with James Harden. And where he's literally comes out of, he comes to camp, to your camp after he told you all summer, I would like to, I don't want to be here after he told you and you brought him back to camp and he came back overweight and you saw the memes and things like that. He's just throwing <laughs> passes to people's feet. He's not even tripping. Correct. And he's making his teammates pissed at him. Um, you don't want that to happen because they're in a totally different situation than the Rockets were. The Sixers are in a totally different situation than the Rockets were last year and that they are trying to compete for a title. The Rockets in a did not have a... T- they're in a window right now, and you don't want that to seep into the locker room. And let's be real, man. All of these feelings are valid, right? When you talk about Ben Simmons wanting to be traded. Of course he wants to be traded, dog. You fucking said that. He's not... A, he didn't even say that... He, you said basically that he couldn't win... With you, with him on the roster, you said something that along the fact after a playoff game in which he missed those free throws and was not clutched down the stretch in a time when he needed his team to have his back, they did not. So okay, it's untenable. I shouldn't be here. You see it from the Sixers' vantage point. Yo, man, how many times are you going to not be clutch in a postseason series and come up short? How many times are you going to do that from the Sixers' vantage point? And then you see it from a Joel Embiid point where yo. If there's honesty all the time, it's from Joel Embiid. He said all this is borderline um, kind of disrespectful was his words. He was like, yo, man, we actually made the roster in your eyes to fit along your your eye in your gameplay, and uh, Ben Simmons. We made a roster to where we got shooters. We got players that can play alongside you, and it still didn't work. You know, it just... And it's kind of getting untenable in Philly right now. And then, this is something we didn't even talk about. The Philly fan base, who you know well, Roger. That's that's not going away. That's not going to go away. There's nothing Ben Simmons can do short of delivering a championship to Philly that will be enough to forgive um, him in the Philadelphia Sixers fan base mind. There's nothing he can do. Nothing he can do. It's untenable all the way around. 
at this point, you should just trade him. The le- we're, the leverage is what it is. It all is what it is. You got to just figure that out. And we're going into training camp right now. We we it just might as well as it just happened. But what should what? Look, look, hold what on, real quick, real What's quick. Up? I want you to ask a question, but I mean, I want to just say this mm-hmm. for everyone, like, because when you say it, like, my initial reaction is, "Oh, training camp." Like, you hear training camp, it's like a ah, not a big deal. Training camp, big deal. Yeah, big deal. It's when work starts. Yes. It's when it's when it's when you know. It's when the best vibes of the season is happening. Right Absolutely, now. these are the best vibes of the season. You know, and it's when the and the foundation and the and and is laid for who you're going to be as a team. It's when mantras are 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 handed out in in booklets of plays and the things are discussed about what's going to be the backbone of who you are as a team. That's when this starts to develop. So big deal for sure. So anyway, ask your question. No, I. I what does this say about? Because there, there's the fear around the league that. Oh, this is going to be a slippery slope. Everybody's going to going to want to get traded out of their deals within one year and think and two years of their extension, their rookie extensions. No, I mean, no, I don't. Th- I think this is a one-off thing. For one, I think that this is just a specific relationship thing. I don't think most players are going to try to take away leverage and have these leverage plays because, honestly, man, it hasn't worked for everyone. It doesn't really work. All the time. Maybe you're the players in the best situation. He ends up in the best situation for himself, but it doesn't necessarily help the next team that that is with them. That they have to deal with that and then on the fly change plans and refocus their efforts to build around this player who might also leave them. Right? It's not. I don't think that it's a thing where players are going to end up doing this all the time. I think that this is an isolated incident um, for one team and just the perfect amount of factors that happen to want to make this situation happen, right? I don't think, do you think this is a one-off thing or do you think that this has a slippery slope? Um, I, I don't think it's a one-off. Uh, I don't necessarily know how slippery the slope is either. I, I think in a league where personality is embraced and um, there's, enough, there's enough space for players to be who they are and act um, organically and be their true selves. It's not always the case in the NFL and, and some other leagues where there's so much control by ownership. In a league yeah. where that exists, you're going to have some of this because some dudes are going to do that. Not everyone's built like that, though. Not right. everyone's built. Like, you see Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's like, no, nah, I'm straight. I'm not built Bradley like Beal been pump faking so many times on this trade request, man, or whatever he has in Washington. Yeah, but but point being, like, he's, you know, if someone was disgruntled and losing would cause someone, like, and and Bradley Bill has told you over and over again, like, I'm not doing it. I'm staying. I'm staying. So not every player is built to pull this card. But yeah. this league and the way it's set up um, is built to, if it's in you to do it, for you to do it. Um, I will I will say that, and I've said this from the jump when a lot of this stuff happens, when players, if you're, you have these you know, powers that have been collectively bargained and you've got leverage in certain situations. Be Just be careful with abusing them because, you know, ownership isn't going to be in the habit of capitulating to like every demand a star player has, right? And they're going to look to gain some of that power back in the next collective bargaining agreement. And on the other side of that, I always found this interesting when I was in the front office and maybe I'm oversimplifying it and I'm just not bright enough to understand it. When people would be like, like, just don't, there, other owners have to be, and other GMs have to be hoping that Daryl Morey does not, does not do this, right? Yeah. Like, please yeah. don't, just don't do it, Daryl. Don't, don't fucking do it. Like, 
just hold, you know, because that's when the slippery slope, you know, can get slipperier. But again, you're in a league where players got a lot of leverage in situations like this, bro. Got a lot of leverage. And there's been so many different changes in this league. Like, honestly, you could say, hey, man, players have this leverage. But then you see other situations where, you know, players having that leverage sometimes is great for both sides. I think about Oklahoma City when they had to, tr- when they had, Russell Westbrook on the roster and also had Paul George on the roster with these contracts, right? They were like, yo, man, I'm trying to go to the Clippers. Yo, man, I'm trying to, you're, you're trying to rebuild. I'm not with that. We're good. You know, just trade me out and then you can build another team, right? I think that there's a way where both can coexist is I think what I'm saying. Um, but there's been another situation that's, that's, I don't know if it's a situation. I think it's just something to keep an eye out on. And that's Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Um, we're starting to get these, and I, I honestly think that Zion holds as much power as he does without actually saying a word right now because of what we saw in the past with LeBron James um, and how much power he held his first few years in the league to where he could sign a, a, a shorter rookie extension and build on that leverage. We're, I think we're seeing a reaction to that with Zion Williamson, whereas like Zion hasn't made it to the postseason yet. Zion's been injured. He broke his foot this summer, right? But he's getting so much attention to where he's already getting asked, hey, man, like before he signs the extension, hey, how long are you going to stay in New Orleans? What, how long are you going to be here? What, can we make it happen? Can we make it work? And it's like, let's, let's, calm, let's calm down and relax. Let's just calm down and relax. I'm pretty sure he's going to sign his extension he has to prove still in my eyes, whether he could still win in new Orleans before he could make such demands. If he's making demands at all, what do you see when you see this Zion Williamson thing to keep an eye on right now? Um, yeah, look, you hit the nail on the head. The major difference between the two is LeBron James was winning basketball games and playing basketball and, games. Well, yeah, he was, yeah, the first and foremost, but when he did, they were winning. It was translating to wins. Like, you know, he was dragging teams to places they wouldn't ordinarily go without him being on the floor. Zion does not have that effect on teams right now. I'm not saying he can't get to that point, but he does not. That's not, I mean, I don't think that's an opinion. That's fact, right? You can look at those records, right? Um, I don't know. Zion's an interesting one to me. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I try to stay out of Griff. Like he's my guy and I don't, I don't really ask him a lot of questions about Zion and stuff like that. Cause I don't, um, I just hope Griff, tell me you ain't playing no piano in that man's uh, hotel room, dog. Like, Griff, nah. we, ain't gonna, we ain't gonna be doing that, Griff. Come on now. Um, I know Griff has vision. Um, I know Griff can execute on said vision. I wonder, I've said this before, I think Zion is an, a, a phenomenal talent. I, I don't know what the recipe is, because I want to be fair to Zion here. I want to be real careful with what I say. I don't know what the recipe is around that talent for it to translate to being a viable playoff basketball team with title aspirations. And I think, and I don't think that's Zion's fault, though. I'm not saying it's Zion's fault. I'm simply saying that I, I know, I know Zion is such a unique talent, though, Logan. Like, you know, yeah, I know that's Griff, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I know Griff can see pieces working together and 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 conventional talents even at the high end of conventional talent what pieces work with that but he's so unique that i don't know yeah. so i mean let me ask you a question because I, I okay 
who what teams would trade for Zion right now? It like, would have what? to still be an, I think only thing you can do right now is trade him to another young team. So what, like Chicago or something? Or like I don't or like Oklahoma City, maybe. Oh, but because another you have, young, another young bad basketball team is where he exactly, would go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you brought up a great point when you said you don't know what he is because he's so transformative of an athlete. And it, like I said, it's not Zion's fault because, yo, we've never seen anything like this. We've seen variations of stuff like this to win, right? We've seen the Blake Griffins. We've seen the Sean Kemp's. But we haven't necessarily seen someone – we've never seen anything like that, and that can actually be to Zion's detriment that we haven't seen anything. I remember the first time he played at Golden State. He took a, the ball from the uh, – what 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 the the short the uh, corner post took the ball from the corner post, took a step and dunked the ball like not even a like a small step and dunked from the corner post, Roger. like from the hash, from the hash, yeah. And I All was right. like, the dunker spot down there. It was a little further from the dunker spot. I'm I'm not trying to minimize how great th- this was. Pretty great. I was like, I'd never yeah. seen anybody just effortlessly do this. No, he's he's a freaky and, athlete. And he was just manhandling people. Like he's just a freak athlete, but I just we don't know. Do you send him in the post? I don't know. Do you make him shoot threes? We just don't know yet. I, I don't know. I don't know. And 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 you know, from the outside looking in, there have been a lot there, but first of all, you you gotta be healthy, bro. Whatever, whatever needs to happen for you to stay healthy, yeah. We we have to figure that out. Um, you know, I, I know the the catch 22 you're in with the body, right? Like the body is part of what makes him so hard to guard because it's so large for, for today's NBA and it's coming at you so fast. And you know, you're, it's this, this armor, but if it's also the reason you can't stay healthy, what do you do there? It's a good question. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't I know. Mean, does, he have to lo- does that marginalize who you are as a player? I don't have the answers. I'm just saying like, these are, these are tough conversations. Are we going to shed 15 to 20 pounds? Do you have the same effect? If you shed 15 or 20 pounds, maybe it helps you, you know, navigate injuries better, but you don't have those shoulders anymore. So like, these are really tough conversations that they have to figure out. I think from the outside looking in, I will say this, he has not, he doesn't lead. He's not, he doesn't lead in the way that you need uh, a, a, a mega star that can get you over the hump and put a team on his back to win championships in the future needs to lead. He has to figure that out. He has to grow up, so to speak, um, and figure out, you know, how to make people around him better, not just on the court. I mean, he's great at assisting and I get it. Everyone's going to throw that in my, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like galvanize the troops, make this a family atmosphere, keep dudes wanting to be, you know, uh, supporting actors in your, in your, in your production. Like you, there's a lot that goes into being that type of leader. He has to figure that out. He's not there. Yeah. I don't want to, we're, we're almost out of time. I don't want to spend too much time on Zion right now because he has to get to get to the postseason and do things before yeah. we do that. We, we, we would, we would dedicate a whole segment to Luka Doncic, but we not yet for Zion Williams. Not yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, who me? Yeah, you know, you know Kyrie Irving. No, um, yeah. <laughs> now we don't know yet if he's gotten the shot. We know that uh, Andrew Wiggins got his COVID shot, 
and is going to be ready for I, I told you about this. Money talks. Um, Roger, I told you it was going to end up happening. These guys are going to end up getting vaccinated. But there's we don't know yet yet if Kyrie has gotten vaccinated just yet. We don't know. I, I think he will. But in the event that he doesn't, and he doesn't um, participate in home games, I'm saying this because I think that, I think that Kyrie's going to get vaccinated. But if he doesn't, he would lose roughly 380000 per game. Uh, reported by Tim Bond, Tips, and Bobby Marks of ESPN. Um, that's crazy. Are you surprised by this? Are you think that he's no. gonna he's gonna get he's gonna like, get the shot right? He's gonna get the shot right. Hear me now. This is all I need. Here we go. There is a zero percent chance that Kyrie misses a season worth of home games with the Brooklyn Nets. That is not happening. Okay. Now I'm not gonna speculate as to what's got to be done for it not to happen. It's not happening, though. It's not he happening. Will not, no, it's not going to happen. He's not missing anything. Ah, Kyrie's hard-headed. Games, think? He's hard-headed. Kyrie's on his own timetable. That shit's not going to linger for that. It can't happen. Like, that's not yeah, happening. For sure. Okay, just wanted to get that out there. Let's get to the real one of the week. Raj, I got my real one, but I want you to go first. What do you yeah, got? My, my real one was my co-real one of the week last week. He was now real one for this week. It's one Justin Fields. Mm. He looked he looked really bad. He looked really bad a week ago. Um, Matt Nagy calling plays, and I think they handed that off to Bill Lazor this week. And Justin Fields looked like two different players. Man, they had him under center. They ran the ball a little bit. Um, you know, some good play action stuff. Gave that boy some deep shots. He looked like someone who you could see being a really good quarterback in years to come, right? And that's what you want to see out of young players, right? He didn't look like the mess he looked like against the Browns, and a lot of that was by design. And so he was co-real one of the week last week. This week, he is real one of the week. Standing up, Bears get a dub. Um, Justin Fields looked good in, in his second start. Have you, have you picked a team yet, Raja? Have you picked a football team yet for the season that you're rolling with? Dude, are you going to make me pick a team? I never pick a team. I'll, okay. All right. All right. I, just, I, I know you were like Chicago. I thought Chicago might be your team. I didn't know. Nah, I didn't know if they were going to be. Nah, okay. Nah, son. All right. I have co-ruins of the week this week. Um, one, Mac Jones. Oh, yes, sir. Um, one, Mac Jones from yes, the New sir. England Patriots. And yes, sir. the one and only, Tom Brady. The GOAT Tom Brady. Went into Foxborough. Didn't play his best game. He definitely has a bit of a noodle arm. He's old as fuck right now. You can just tell how old Tom is. He's a winner, but damn. You just called that man's arm a noodle? He got a noodle right now. I saw him try to throw. Listen, I tried to see him throw a a, a wheel route (laughs) to one of his tight ends, and that thing just... It just went over. It went to the sideline, dog. <laughs> Wet, bro. He threw like, that away, Tom, Tom, Tom only needs like four four good throws a game, and he's going to win a game. Okay, it's Tom Brady, right? He only needs four. But Mac Jones played really well, like legitimately was making throws, and you could tell that they weren't going to win the game just because he's not ready yet. He's just not fully there. But, dude, he was making throws. He was standing toe-to-toe with Tom. It was a great game. And also, I just want to say one other thing. NBC milked the shit out of this game. Did you watch the game last night? <laughs> they did. played. They played Adele. Hello from the other side. They had Drew Brees <laughs> on the on the field as Tom Brady breaks Drew's record. Yeah, the, the yeah. NFL was just doing it right. They put out all the stops right here. They had the football night in America. They they Chris Collinsworth was in a bag last night. Was just in a 
ridiculous one of one bag that Chris Collinsworth is in. The NFL did it right. And so with that being said, the Oakland Raiders, the Oakland Las Vegas Raiders, the Oakland Las Vegas Los Angeles Raiders, the autumn wind is a Raider baby. Monday night football in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Can't wait. Go. Hey, they're going for 4-0. And I want you to know, hey, Raja, have I watched any second of the Raiders season? You bet I haven't. (laughs) Have I only watched 15 minutes of football all year? Yes, I have. Oh, man. Does it even matter? No, it does not. Because the Raiders are going to the fucking playoffs, okay? Because Derek Carr is here, all right? We're ready to go. We're going 4-0. I don't know how much I'm going to watch, but I have my Raiders hat on right now. I sure do. We're ready to go, Raja, all right? Autumn win is a Raider. We're going for 4-0 tonight, baby. Justin Herbert and company have something to say about that, bro. I think that the the the, the training wheels fall off for the for the for the Las Vegas Raiders tonight. Although I like the Raiders, I'm a I'm a Raider fan. I like what they're doing. You know that. I'm also a bigger Derek Carr fan than you, sir. Um, you are. You are. I do. I do think Justin Herbert and them boys get him tonight, though. But I wouldn't be mad. I'm good with it. I like. You it's know, gonna I be a Oakland. It's gonna be a Raiders home game. You realize that, right? La- last night's game. La- yes, I, that's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be that's a Raiders be home game. Last night's game was the worst, best game. I may have ever seen. Like, it was terrible. It was raining. Like, cats couldn't catch the ball. There were a lot of errant throws. There wasn't a lot of scoring. And I couldn't stop watching it. Like, I was not was, Raja? You know what it was? It was fucking football. It was football football. and fall. That's what it was. It was fun. Did you see at the end? Wait, shut this shit down, bro. Did you see at the end? No, 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 no. Did you see at the end when fucking, when they're like, both players are like, the, the players are doing the handshakes at the end, and you see t- and you see fucking Bill Belichick come out of nowhere, just hug him. So but awkward. you could tell Bill was sad because he's like, I don't, want, I can't fucking do this. But I love you, man. And like, he like walks <laughs> off. Hey, but Bill was in his bag last night too, though. Shout out Bill to Bill. Was Bill, Bill was in his bag. Bill was Bill and his son doing the craziness over there with his uh, with his mouth like with the mullet. Yeah. They were in their bag. Yeah. The, the, those defensive calls, they were okay. This is an NFL podcast, but it just became an NFL podcast. We'll just leave it at that, man. Um, We'll see you guys next week. That's another edition of the Real Ones Pod. Um, Check us out on Mondays. Might be going back to old schedule soon. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you guys need to like lock in and see. But we will, as of right now, we will see you guys next Monday. In the meantime, make sure you check out everything on our Ringer Slate. Check out group chat. Check out the mismatch. Check out. Raja, the prestige TV podcast that I'm on talking about billions, the Ooh. season finale Ooh. with with uh, one big was. We're talking about this about billions there. Make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Raja Bell. Town legend, Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out what R2C2 with who? Raja Bell. Mm. Vallejo legend, aka the Crestside Clown, aka big Raiders fan. CC Sabathia. Mm. Yes, sir. We're getting the propaganda in here, baby. Make sure you check out 60 Songs or Less with Rob Harvella. We will see you guys next week. Holla. Holla.